You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. Their free-to-join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, your host, back with another episode. I am with Eric and Carrie today from Leap Coffee Roasters, uh, looking at the website. And if you you know you think of Leap, you think of Leap Year, and that's exactly what this is, right? Is that's the name, uh, and that's yeah. the brief little bit that I got from the website. So, uh, guys, welcome to the podcast. And for everyone listening, I guess you know, uh, elevator pitch. Who, who are you, and what do you do? Well, uh, thanks for having us. First of all, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that you uh, that you mentioned leap year because uh, it actually has a uh, significance in our business. Uh, in back in 2015, uh, when we decided to that we wanted to get in the roasting business, uh, Carrie wrote all the roasters in in Oklahoma at the time, asking if anyone was interested in selling, and and the one person who who responded to us was Gary Hargrave, who owned Leap Coffee Roasters at the time. And it was called Leap uh, when he owned it as well. And so we went back and forth in negotiations. It took several months. And when we finally closed the deal, uh, it was Leap Day of Leap Year. And so well, we figured we probably better keep the name. Yeah, I should probably keep that. That's good. Good coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you guys obviously you're a wholesale copy and, and on the website shows all the awesome places around town and around the state that you supply with coffee, uh, you know, place people can go to the website, um, which I'll post in the description down below. Um, where take, take me all the way back. Where do you guys meet? Ah, well, you mean, well yeah, no, you start. So, uh, when we met Carrie actually owned the um, Yippie Yo cafe not actually where we met, where we first started. Yeah. Day, I should say. Okay. Uh, we met in college. Yeah. But, uh, and we'd seen each other off and on, but. Knew each other. Uh, she owned the Yippie Cafe back in 1990. Yeah. Uh, that used to be on uh, Western Avenue here. And that's where we first started dating. And, and that's actually when I was first introduced to real coffee. Was, uh, Karen first did that for me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we started dating, dated for several years and then got married and, um, have a daughter. She's 14, about to turn 15 years old. And, uh, but anyway, back in, uh, we, I worked as an accountant for several years and, uh, towards the end of the last job I had as accounting, I could see that it was going to come to an end as they sometimes do. And so we decided, you know, let's talk about what we want to do next, what we want the next chapter of our lives to be. And we wanted it to be something that we, that we both loved. Um, and so uh, coffee seemed to be the natural choice. Uh, it's kind of what brought us together. And also, he did not mention that when we met at OU, I was in the drama school and he was in the journalism school or media communication school. And um, 
So we've always had that interest, theater and uh, arts. And when I had the Yippie Cafe, he was an accountant slash actor for Shakespeare in the Park. And so he needed coffee at night. So I would make him these cafe lattes in a big thermos, take him to the park, take it backstage for him. So he became, you know, pretty popular with the rest of the cast. I invite people for that coffee. Oh, yeah. But that's pretty important in our story because we both love theater too. And we tried to create theater and have, we actually had a children's theater at the time after the cafe business and could not make money and maintain doing that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but it's... uh, Love it, still love it. He's still an actor. He still does acting jobs when they come to town and auditions or nearby. And... um, yeah, so we want to support the arts. And that was kind of always important to us as well because we weren't being able to make our money, our livelihood in the arts. We were still able to pursue it, you know, yeah. as our yeah. passion. That's really cool. So, so Eric, have you been up to Guthrie while they're shooting Reagan at the moment? Yeah, actually, I had a small role in Reagan. I played uh, Dick Allen, who was his Great. first security advisor <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah it was a lot of fun i got to one day it was just one little scene but uh but it was yeah cool. yeah i have a i have a friend who uh who was actually previously on the also on the podcast pre- uh, recently he uh he lives like right across the street from where they're shooting and every every instagram post he puts up he's like today we're doing the scene from germany and like they're building the set you <laughs> oh, know wow. like everything so he uh yeah it's it's so funny and great to see that and and um uh, next, uh, the episode that will go out just before you guys next week will be um, Matt Payne and Rachel Cannon, who have just oh. launched Prairie Surf Media. So, so awesome! Super excited about them. Yeah, and uh, oh, Rachel's awesome. also in. Rachel's also going to be in uh, in the movie as well, a small role, um, but really? she's also in the movie. So yeah, yeah great little tie there. Uh, so Carrie, you re- you originally out, out of the two of you had the like the first love for coffee, then opening up your own store in the nineties. Yes. Definitely. I had been living in San Francisco for about five years from college to and my job that I had there while I was doing comedy at night. I was in a, uh, I was in a, a coffee shop. I was a barista, but we didn't even call them baristas back then, mm-hmm. but we did espresso shots at six thirty in the morning. And we, and I worked in this little place and gave directions to people and so I came back from there and there was nowhere to get cappuccino except for like in the mall at a coffee store, you know, where they sold coffee makers and mugs. There was no coffee shops. And so I worked for the only coffee place at the time back then was neighbors coffee. And I worked for them until I said, we got to do this. We can do this. Not better, but we can, do it better. You know, we can do it. Yeah. We can do it your way, the way that you want it. Yeah. 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 And so we did it and it was a blast. It was so much fun. And then, uh, other people did it. The red cap at the same time was early nineties. And then, um, we sold the Yippie cafe to camps, um, grocery store, which also had a juice bar and the meat market and the old grocery store. And then we kept the name, though, the Yippie Cafe, because then we did the Yippie show with Cowboy Frank, Eric, okay. 
Yeah. There's the actor. And then, um, uh, yeah. And so then he went into, um, accounting, got pregnant. I worked for city art center and Oklahoma children's theater and throughout all this with the performing arts and the visual arts and the visual artists, I knew I wanted to do something, um, not just education, but literally support artists, not through an organization, but supporting them with what they do. So they don't have to go through all that grant writing and all that getting an umbrella organization and so that was what inspired us when we got this business to do the artist series and my friend Romy Owens who was our first artist in our artist series of coffee she helped us come up with this uh, plan and how to do incorporate a local artist and it happens to be visual artists but we also have performing artists we have a band um, and we do one a year and we focus on them. They come in, they create a blend of coffee. They get to work with the roasters and uh, they come up with a name, their flavoring profiles, what they like dark coffee, light coffee. Romy, for instance, wanted a coffee she could drink all day. She didn't much have any other, <laughs> she just wanted it to be good all day. And um, then with that, they get to create a label and they get a percentage of it for the rest of, uh, yeah, yeah. The, rest of our the rest of our business, which yeah. is hopefully a long time. And it helps them and it helps us get the name out there, but it also helps us to feel proud about what we do because we want them to succeed. So we want to sell this a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got to meet like you, we've got to meet so many great people who have so much to offer Oklahoma in ways that we would not have thought of in marketing and ways in business that we wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. So, so these artists, you said you do one a year. How, how do you, how are they, how do you get in touch with them? How do they apply? Is it like, do you do a, I mean, how does that process work to, to be one of those featured artists for that year? Cause a year's, that's a long period of time. So the, the process works, we have kind of a, an advisory committee, uh, mm-hmm. which includes all of our staff here at LEAP, plus the other artists that, are invo- that have been involved in the past, and okay. then uh, a couple of other uh, advisors as well. One, Gary Hargrave, who was a previous owner, and then, uh, and then we've got a couple other uh, advisors. So we, we have a, a board and we take nominations from the board members. And so it's typically people that are artists that they're familiar with. And so, mm-hmm. and then the nominations are kind of put into a pool. Uh, we look at everybody's websites, if they have them, that's actually very helpful if they do have them um, or other ways to view their work. Um, Insta. And then <clears throat> The artist from last year is a part of it, so it just keeps growing. Yeah, the board gets it's bigger. It's peer yeah. nominated, is how it yeah. is. It's peer nominated. That's really so cool. Yeah, we don't ever want to yeah. say no to anyone if they applied. We want it to be, hey, you've been nominated, and they go, yeah. what? And they are. They're always surprised, and they're always so wonderful yeah. about it. That's really yeah, cool. Then, yeah. It's a numbered uh, voting system. In other words, your first choice through however many there are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then uh, the number with the uh, the 
the score yeah. that's close the best is the, is the one who wins. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's super interesting, especially for, for a year period too, right? Because, you know, you, you have coffee shops and, and around town and, and around the world that do like month residencies or whatever it is, right. and they get a highlight and that's about it. But, you know, for 30 days, yeah, they're great, but that's about it, right? They don't, they kind of support the arts in general rather than really focusing on that one person to really help launch their brand or whatever it is and really help out for a sustained period of time, which you know, in any of the advertising worlds, like if you can lock down someone for a year, like that's a really good oh, thing yeah. to do, isn't it? Yeah, you it know? is. So. It is. Yeah. And in fact, this year, um, so 2020, our, yeah, 2020, our, our artist was uh, Angela Paglia, um, who's a poet. And unfortunately, I mean, her, I think her opening was in February. And then, uh, of course, March came. Yeah. And, everything shut down so uh we kind of took a kind of took a consensus with the rest of the board and so we're actually extending her year through 2021 as well really so cool. she's going to be 20 hopefully we'll 21. get yeah yeah opportunities to come yeah. up later in the year mm-hmm. you know, yeah because she's also besides being a poet she's a performing artist with factory obscura mm-hmm. collective of artists and she does visual and she's writing a children's book with one of the other collective artists from Factory Obscura. And that children's book is going to launch. So we're going to be able to help her with that, too, um, insofar as I don't know how we're going to be able. We're not able to have tastings anymore yeah, or events. Yeah. It's all different. But yeah, it's so strange. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But if we can go outside with things, which she's done. She's done some stuff outside, and it's been really interesting and positive and yeah that's good yeah it's good that there's i know i have friends like you guys your friends who are in the entertainment industry or or anything that's associated with the entertainment industry or retail or you know shop space like you know it's you know even though you guys don't you know it's not like you have a location right you have people coming in sitting down like like all the other like the people that you're supplying but it's affecting you because they're not buying coffee from you because they can't open up exactly. it's, it's such a strange exactly. time yeah, for sure. um, but so so where I, I know you mentioned obviously you know you had the coffee store but where is like your first kind of love for coffee come from like do you have a first memory do you have like a significant moment with coffee like making it in the middle of the mountain somewhere like what is your you know like this is where coffee started for me well Eric you said you'll start obviously at Eric, you said you'll start at, you know, at, you didn't taste real coffee until, you know, you met um, Carrie. Right. So, yeah. So I had, I had terrible, I, my first experience with terrible coffee, which I didn't know was terrible. At the time, <laughs> I yeah. Was uh, my, my grandfather actually introduced me to coffee. I grew up on a ranch. And so we'd have to get up insanely early, you know, to go do yeah. who knows what with cattle, but. Uh, so he would make instant coffee in the morning, um, and we drank it like it was good. <laughs> so that's kind of that was, and, you know, I was kind of hooked too from there. But uh, yeah, that was that was my first introduction to coffee until I carry, which, and then I got real coffee. Yeah, no, I know that feeling because I'm the same way. Like I grew up, I'm a tea drinker, right? Being from the UK, oh, we drink tea right. all day, and I never really coffee for me like it. 
it comes in like a, you know, an instant coffee jar. Like, you right. know, you kind of, you put hot water and you get two spoonfuls of instant coffee and then you just add milk and hot water and that's it. Uh, and then I came out here and I saw the way that everyone was making coffee in the whole, you know, there's so many different pours and I had no idea. So yeah, like I, I share the, uh, yeah. the instant coffee, <laughs> instant coffee yeah. experience. But uh, now uh, do you drink coffee, Mike? Do you I, like I mean, coffee? I do like, yeah, I drink more coffee than I do tea. Um, but it's not like I, I will, you know, I'll, I'll start. I, I'm kind of the person I'll make a pot in the morning and it'll last all day, which is yeah. like sacrificial to a lot of like people. Right. Like, but you know, I, I do, um, you know, I, I do have, I do go to coffee shops and have, you know, coffee and stuff like that, but not to the extent that I have like a, a Lama Zocco machine at my house type thing, you know? Uh, yeah. So yeah. one day maybe, but, um, maybe. yeah. How about your wife? Does she like it? Yeah. She's well, kind of. Yeah. She, uh, okay. she's not, I think it's more of a time thing, right? I think it's more okay. of like, if you have enough time to sit around and make it and appreciate mm -hmm. it, then she would do it. But right now she doesn't have a time. So, yeah. but well, so what, what about you? It's a good time for coffee right now. There's a lot of great coffee right here That's in Oklahoma. Which yeah. Is so how? Awesome. I mean, so yeah. First of all, tell tell me about your first coffee experience, and then then I'll dive into okay. coffee of, of that's in town at the moment. Okay. So my first coffee experience, I think, is in college at OU in the and and I mean it's diner swill i mean it's you know watered down but it was the experience of having coffee at the it was the called tavern. the town tavern which it was not a tavern it was a diner but it was called the town tavern and it was on the corner of campus corner it was open 24 7 and i mean it was such a big deal to have a cup of coffee at 4 a.m still awake you know with my friends and do trivial pursuit questions and just, I mean, it was just a, it was a big deal to have yeah. coffee. I mean, I just remember that feeling of having my mug of diner coffee that had a ton of cream and a ton of sugar, I'm sure in it. Yeah. And that was, that was the eighties. I mean, that was a long time ago. So yeah. my first real coffee, that was my first love though. Yeah. That's when I, that, that's the great thing about coffee, isn't it? It's like, and, and I'm good friends with Todd Vincent at Iote and, and he said, you know, he has four daughters and he's like, oh. every time you go on a first day, you go for coffee because you can either drink it really fast and you can get out of there or you can sit and you can have another, you know, another or whatever. And he's like, coffee is the first oh. perfect date. You okay. never go for a meal. He's like, you That's go for a coffee so and then and you go. So as a, as a dad of four girls, like that was his thing. Obviously he's a That's huge fan so for coffee perfect. as well. Um, but yeah, coffee's good, such a, you know, like, like Eric, you're saying, you know, the, the experience on the ranch doesn't matter if the coffee's terrible coffee, it's the experience that's with it. And, and right. Like, it's the memories it's like, and the, the feeling. Yeah. And the, yeah, it is. That's awesome. True. Yeah. So, so what you mentioned earlier, coffee in Oklahoma city, when you, when you started um, your coffee oh. shop back right. in the nineties, like, did you ever dream that it would be like it is today with, I mean, we're, we're spoiled for choice now. No, we are very spoiled. You're right. We are so lucky. No, I mean, the like your friend, Eddie Compadres, I think they're on MIO too. Mm -hmm. um, those guys, they're delightful. Hoboken, Trey, his family, mm -hmm. the people that we've been involved with in coffee, even, even Oklahoma City mm -hmm. people have, 
you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting too, because, you know, I've been in a lot of other industries where uh, the, the other, the other players in the market and, you know, there's a lot of competition uh, between them, but uh, here with all of the roasters that are around, we, we really haven't had a bad experience with any of them. Um, everybody's been really helpful when we need advice or, or, or help. They, they're always more than eager to, to lend yeah. a hand or, or lend some advice. So it's, it's not, it's not, a, it's not definitely not a cutthroat business. No, <laughs> it's, no, I think it's like restaurants, you know, it's an appreciation. Right. It's an appreciation of what each other does and how we work. Mm. You know, we have our niches and we have our customers and, you know, I'll go to a place and I'll say, who, who does your coffee? Oh, I don't know. Let me go ask and I'll leave my card. This happened to me recently. And she came back and she goes, oh, it's Eota. And I was like, let me have my car back. I don't want to leave my, I don't want to, you know, yeah. I want you to, that's so great that you yeah, do local. Totally. As long yeah. as it's local, we're super supportive of each other. But if they are going out of state or they're doing restaurant supply, you know, why yeah. not do local? kick it up a notch because there's no reason not to. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we're kind of, yeah. 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 So. It's the whole like rising tide lifts all boats. Isn't it? And it, Absolutely. It, it's, it's, it's an, it's an Oklahoma thing. It comes across all industries. Like I said, restaurants, even, you know, in real estate's the same way. Like even though you compete directly with every real estate agent that's in your office, you know, and I, I was at Keller Williams for, for three or four years and, and it was like that. I could knock on the door of the office next to me and ask for advice. And it just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just a That's community really mentality, isn't it? It's just everyone wants to help each other. And, you know, as long as, like I said, if it's not out of state, then, you know, they kind of help out or whatever. But that's really cool. And then, you know, the amount of the, the experiences that we have here, you know, Hoboken and Guthrie is a great experience. And Rick's oh, up in Guthrie is oh. great too. Uh, you know, and the, the different shops that we have in town. Uh, you know, there's there's so many. And then obviously for you guys on the roaster side, you know, it's great to to have the same experience too, right? That's so true. And that's the world we want to live in. That's the kind of world we want to live in, which is why we do business in Oklahoma. It's our home, but we want to feel like you feel in real, you know, that's so great to hear that it's like that in real estate too. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's really cool. It's, uh, that's why, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I stayed, one of the reasons why I live here. Like I love, love it. And it's different obviously because I see it compared to how, how it is back home. Right. And I think out of state, we, get a different appreciation for it whereas if you grow up somewhere that's just normal to you that's just how right. it is so you kind of don't see it as much um but it is yeah it's uh it's a cool cool place to be definitely and the people are great and you know it's yeah the whole you know it, it's shopping local and building you know community around the common goal and you know why not serve great coffee and great product right. whatever it is you're selling to, to those people so how um how was the, how was it from, from, I guess, transitioning for you, you know, like having a shop to, okay, we're now just going to roast and provide others. Was that a strategic business decision? Was it like, how, how, why, why was it a roastery rather than opening up a second store or shop? Um, good question. That is a good question. <laughs> to be, to be honest, it, um, I, I loved it. I loved it. But I was in my early 30s when I did it. And I had all the energy in the world. And I just, I come from that kind of cafe of 
every, I like to be involved in every single bit of it. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me to, to want to do it again and do it differently. Whereas this was a new business, a new side of the coffee business, literally the other side the, of the supply side. The supply yeah. side. Yeah. And to be a part of it, but also be a mom. Now I'm a mom. And like, that's kind of the first thing. Yeah. And you so. You gotta work too hard to have a cafe. That's a lot of work. It is yeah. hard. It's yeah. And I guess a lot more competition too, right? A lot more competition. So much competition. And yeah. So much. Yeah. And it's a lot like theater, having a cafe. You know, you have to set the stage, have your players, have your you know, every day be on and be ready. And yeah, but definitely loving the coffee, loving the coffee mm-hmm. business and the coffee people I've ever worked with. The passion, the also the elevation of the coffee business from 25 years ago, it fair trade. Oh my gosh. Everything that's happened since then and the transparency of how we do business, it's, a, it's still not completely a wonderful fair, beautiful world, but it's getting there. And the women-owned businesses and the recognition, the internet, being able to see who we're dealing with, we don't ever buy direct. We have an import, importer, a broker. Yeah. A middle, we work with three different importers. Three different yeah. middle people. But those middle people make it so that we can know who we're dealing with. That mm-hmm. was unheard of. That kind of stuff 30 yeah. years ago. It's a it's a wonderful business to be in as far as as we're seeing, like we were just saying, be in the kind of world we want to live in mm-hmm. locally, as well as reaching that out globally and seeing that we are making a difference. Yeah. We're making a difference by doing that. Yeah, the, the internet's been great, and it? it's just wow. like because you know, you know, you get to put a face with like the farmer that you're getting this these beans from, right? And it's you know, you have middlemen that have come up to provide value. And of course there's middlemen that that you know, skim and do all the bad things, right? You're always going to get right. that in every business, but it's so much more transparent that you know this stuff now and you know the right people to go with when you want this type of product. And, you know, you can pick up the phone and get to people and That's you know, right. it's, it's much easier to get in contact with people. And I'm sure if you did want to jump on a plane and go see the farmers, you could easily find who they are. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If we got to go. Of course it travels a little bit different story now, but sure. we did. We did get to go to Costa Rica a couple of years ago and, and kind of meet with some of the uh, some mm-hmm. of the farmers there and some of and our import partners uh, have an office down there as well. They yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's a it's a great way to get a feel for the you know people talk about the origin of a coffee, mm-hmm. a particular coffee, and usually they're just talking about the country or the region within the country. But this was kind of the 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 real feel of the origin, mm-hmm. you know, you get to smell the air and in the micro farms, the little bitty family farms right. that all come together to do a co-op of processing because mm-hmm. everyone, you know, everyone can grow coffee, which doesn't mean they do, but if they can, and they have to process it. They have to pull right. their resources together to do this. And yeah, it was really fascinating. Yeah. Is there, I mean, I, 
obviously kind of because it's obviously you know, a bean that's coming out of the ground, all this stuff, is there like a, was there a great year or, uh, you know, like wine, right? There's so many years for wine that were amazing uh, and different places or whatever. Right. Is there a similar thing in coffee where it's like, you know, oh seven was amazing or what is it kind of like that or not you know it's um in, in terms of of year it, it just it varies so much year to year yeah uh, especially now with with the climate change because the kind of the, the the zone where arabica coffee beans are growing is shrinking because mm-hmm. of climate change because you they're kind of stuck between elevation and heat Right. And so that little narrow band is getting smaller and smaller. And so I, I know more instances where uh, instead of a fantastic, you know, cup of coffee, I know more instances where that farmer just can't do it anymore because it's not going to yield because the temperature is too hot. You know, okay. but he can't go too much higher because the terrain is too difficult to work at that you know, at those kind of altitudes. I mean, that's that's what we've seen a lot of lately is that it's just the, the resource of Arabica being shrinking um, Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. So it's more, a lot more regionally based than I guess as well, kind of like wine, you have different, you know, California, Australia, whatever it is, the regions Uh, in coffee is what's more important rather than the the time of year, depending on the weather, I guess. Well, in harvest, again, it can vary. It can definitely vary. Like Oaxaca, Mexico, and the earthquake wiped out how much? 90%? They're just now starting to get the the production in Oaxaca back to where it was. Mm -hmm. From 2018? Four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 2016. Yeah, the earthquake just destroyed a lot of the processing parts. Didn't really necessarily mess up the farms. But... Mm -hmm. As Carrie was mentioning, the, the processing plants where they take the beans to have them milled and washed and then packaged right. and shipped, mm-hmm. uh, we lost a lot of that infrastructure. Yeah. So what about, bring us to, I guess, present day. Um, you know, how, how's business now compared to obviously what it was start of, Jan, you know, start of March and then also plan for the future and, and you know, just kind of growing and being able to provide more, to roasting for more shops, I assume, right? Right. Well, okay, I'll start. In February of 2020, we were celebrating our 2020 artist, which was Angie LaPaglia, who's the poet. And she opened with a, uh, an art show for women identifying and young women under 30. And this art show that she had for all these women was an amazing event. It was great. It was well received was fun we had a singer songwriter in the back in the warehouse with the beans and then march hit um we shut down we didn't shut down we still operated but a lot of our cafes shut down we um closed any walk-in we closed any looking at the art on the walls um so my hopes our hopes for growth kind of went okay wait we're going to have to readjust. Turn into survival, really. Yeah. We were actually fortunate because we, we supply coffee to Sprouts and Homeland. Yeah, the and, grocery uh, stores. Sure. The, the smaller grocery stores. And so that business, you know, uh, never really faltered, never really dropped off at all. Well, Which is all, nice, all yeah. It's just tanked for, for a month and a half. And the smaller, the urban agrarian, mm-hmm. DNA, the, you know, organic markets – 
shut. They had to shut right. down and readjust. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but in the past, I mean, the, it, just in this past month, of, uh, on September um, and the first couple of weeks of October here now, uh, especially once the weather turned a little cooler. <laughs> yeah, the, our business it really, really helps. kind of picked back up, and we're uh, and the the cafes, you know, are, are opening kind of in limited capacities, but but they're still, uh, especially the ones that have drive-throughs, they're doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Cup is open, back open up again, and, and they're doing well again. Uh, so it's 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 ticking up, and we're we're very very optimistic about about the future and especially if we can get a, a vaccine or a cure or sure. something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If that happens. Everything changes. Yeah. But we're great still, for you guys. Go ahead. Yeah. And we're still uh, creating, we've got a new fall blend. Our roasting team, uh, Erica and Mikey Colbath came up with a great fall blend that we haven't launched yet. They've come up with the name, but not the logo. I mean, the, design label Mm -hmm. but it's going to be really delicious it is really delicious it's going to be fun so we're still creating we've got a couple of of things too that we're still developing yeah Um, that's exciting that's really i I guess that's the great thing about coffees you can it's never ending right you can always make new blends or whatever it is and new flavors and and uh keep experimenting yes yes and, and just keep getting getting out there and seeing what people want and doing, doing things in a different way in a better way. Just keep getting better. All right. Last question. What's your favorite cup of coffee? What is the go-to? What is your, if you had, you know, one cup, how do you, what is the pour? What is the, you know, the roast? Like what is your Mm. one cup of coffee? Oh, do you know yours? Uh, no, that's why I'm <laughs> such okay. a hard question. Oh, it is such a it hard is, question. Yeah, it changes. It, it does. It changes. Okay, so what I got really excited about in the last five years, maybe four years, was a flat white from Australia. I think they kind of brought that to us. Yeah. I love, cause I love a cappuccino and I love a latte. I love a little milk with my coffee, but I don't like a ton of foam and I don't like it too milky. So that flat white is a nice experience for me. And I do love it with our, do love making my own here with our espresso. Mm-hmm. Um, I love an Americano. I like drinking espresso with a little bit of water so I can get that full shot, but not, but I like American coffee to last, you know, yeah. the espresso just gone so fast. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the uh, flat white from Australia. Okay. Yeah. Right now. Right. Yeah. Um, so mine would have to be, uh, get a, uh, we get a nice Ethiopian coffee in from Yurgachev and it's a natural process, which means that they leave most of the cherry on it and let it dry out. And it gives it a really fruit forward kind of flavor. And then I like to do it uh, as a pour over. Um, mm. Clean. Yeah. And take my time with it. And uh, I, that, that's the, that's the coffee. If, if I'm going out of town and yeah. I got to take my own coffee, most of the time, if I'm doing that traveling, that's, Typically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take mm-hmm. a, I'm going to grab yeah. some of that Ethiopian and take my pour over, and, and I'm set. 
Yeah, that's great. Uh, two total ends of the spectrum. I love it. Uh, yeah. So for, for everyone listening, how can they reach out? How can they get involved? How can they get you coffee? What, um, where's the best place to go? Uh, well, the best place to go would be the website, which is uh, www.leapcoffeeroasters.net. Okay. That uh, kind of has a little bit of everything that we we train. We, we try to keep that up to date. Uh, we've got a lot of different um, varieties of coffee um, that we that we handle. I think we have thirteen single origins. Yeah. Then, then we make eight blends. Um, five of them are the artist series blends. Three of which. Oh, we should tell you real quick about the YYY blend, which is yeah. a, a a nod to the past. It's stands for Yippie.io. It's the closest we could get to what the coffee we served back at the Yippie.io cafe, which was pretty dark roasted. Um, it's a blend and we have decided to give a portion of that to the Black Alliance PAC, which stands for Political Action Coalition. Black Alliance Political Action yeah, it's Coalition. It's a local, uh, it's a local mm-hmm. group that supports uh, people, uh, Educating and black empowering young are, black who are running for office and helping sure. uh, you know, their, their election efforts. And also yeah. to get people out to vote, to give them information. Yeah, that's, so uh, that, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, we started that, uh, oh, it's been almost three months now, I guess. Yeah, so we get to give a little portion to that. So it's a, it's a coffee we love and believe in, and it's a cause that we believe in. So we get to, to do that with things, and that makes us feel excited. And you can get that at Homelands. Mm-hmm. YYY is sold at Homelands. And Sprouts. And Sprouts. You can get it online from us mm-hmm. um, and pick up curbside at, on top of the bench. Yeah. Or we, we can ship. And, that's, and one of the other things, too, as I said, we, we, we used to enjoy inviting people inside the warehouse and kind of sure. giving them tours and things, but unfortunately, um, we, we can't do that right now just because we can only have staff only inside the warehouse. But we've got a little curbside pickup bench that we have outside mm-hmm. here, right outside the front door. And so if you just yeah. call us also, we, we do that a lot. People call us and say, hey, can I pick up a pound of coffee? And, mm-hmm. uh, we put a ticket together and, and fill it for them and sit it out on the bench. Yeah. yeah. How the world has changed, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, th- one thing I one thing I do want to ask too is you guys obviously are part of the Made in Oklahoma um, coalition and and how has that been for you guys? How long have you been involved with it? You know, I know the value in it because obviously I'm doing some great work with them. You guys know the value, but for everyone listening, how has that experience been? One thing I love about the Made in Oklahoma coalition is that it is power in numbers. We get breaks on advertising. We get to be heard on the on the Senate floor, we get to bring our products to uh, the state capitol and have tastes. Uh, we haven't done it yet this year because of COVID, but that experience has been so uh, beneficial to the other vendors like ourselves. We get to see how they're doing things, how we're helping each other, and we get to cut the costs of expensive things like being a part of uh, distribution that range me. Yeah, you know, I, really, I, what Made in Oklahoma kind of does for us is it gives us kind of the the clout, political purchasing, you name it, 
that large corporations have. You know, we're a small, right. small you know, family-owned business, and most of the people that are in uh, the Made in Oklahoma Coalition are, are small family-owned businesses, but it lets us kind of compete on the same playing field. And there's no other way we could do that. Right. We don't have the pockets for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's really cool. Awesome. Well, guys, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and being able to share your story and, and talk about the artists that you're working with and, and you know, the, the impact that you guys are having and obviously the coffee that you're serving to the roasters around uh, the, the coffee shops around Oklahoma City and also the stores, right? I mean, people, you don't have to go to a coffee shop to get your uh, to get your product. You can get it at Homeland or, or Sprouts or whatever. So or from the website directly, which is yeah. really cool. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate your time. And um, for everyone listening, I'll post all the, the links down below to all the websites and the Instagram and social media stuff. And you can go grab yourselves a bag. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is made possible by the Made in Oklahoma program, created for Oklahoma's entrepreneurs. Their free to join program focuses on economic growth and development for the small businesses who grow, process, or manufacture a good within Oklahoma. Retail stores who sell Made in Oklahoma products can also benefit from their program. Above all, they encourage you to support and shop local wherever possible. Find them on Facebook and visit their website at www.madeinoklahoma.net to learn more. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.